the Jordan Peterson documentary. Mr. Reagan. So you have all by now heard about the Jordan Peterson documentary that came out recently. Wait, what's that? You haven't heard? Oh yeah, that's right, because nobody has heard. How did an artfully produced documentary about Jordan Peterson, with all kinds of intimate footage, premiere in almost total obscurity? It's an interesting question. I don't think I have all the answers, but I have a couple of ideas. Obviously, leftists don't want anyone exposed to Peterson's ideas. Okay, so naturally there's going to be a little bit of a pushback. Okay, maybe there's going to be a lot of pushback. The truth is, this film did not get a massive distribution deal for one reason and one reason only. Leftists irrationally hate Jordan Peterson. And even using the limited system that the producers have resorted to, one screening has already been cancelled in Canada because a trans theater employee objected to the screening of the film there. I mean, what theater owner caves to that kind of demand? That is so weak. But actually, that's that's kind of good because that kind of suppression brings attention to the film. All right, so what's this film really about? I'll go into that right after this message from our sponsor. Now, if you visit any of the great tourist spots in America, everything looks peachy. The gamblers and shows in Las Vegas, the restaurants and theaters on Broadway, the galleries and bars in Chicago, they're all full. But look a little closer and all is not well. You can't fail to notice an uptick in homelessness and street people out there. And that's how it started last time. If you speak to them, some of the older folks were ordinary people who fell victim to the banks in the last crash of 2008, foreclosure and bankruptcy, and they've never recovered. They didn't want to be there, but they borrowed up to their limits, and when it all went wrong, they found themselves destitute on the streets. Now, there are signs that this may be happening again right now. Car loans at an all-time high, credit cards getting maxed out, and house prices and mortgage lending skyrocketing. The market is cyclical with peaks and valleys. We are currently in a very high peak. Trust me, you are not going to want to be there when it all comes crashing down again, because the next one may take your life savings with it. You need to put a precious metals safety net of gold or silver under those savings to protect them. Gold and silver are low-risk assets, and you can cash out again when the danger has passed. So talk to one of the specialists over at Noble Gold today and see how they can help to protect you and your family for what's coming. Click the link below to get the free gold guide or call 877-646-5347. Or you can check them out at noblegoldinvestments.com. What I really want to do in this video is to discuss the actual movie. I have seen it. In fact, I was invited to speak at a screening in Burbank recently. I'd like to thank Mary Joan Schwab for all the work she did in organizing that and for inviting me to speak there. I was truly honored to be asked. So, Chris, I'll give you this mic. Wow. Um, so I was asked to speak uh, at this uh, screening some time ago, and then Mary told me that the mighty Michael Shermer was coming. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God. <laughs> I've seen many videos. You know, okay. <laughs> I've seen many of his videos on YouTube and always felt he was a little detestable. But, but... Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, we have very opposite ideas about religion and faith. Uh, however, I, sh I shouldn't find him detestable, I don't think, because at the end of the day, he's just searching for truth, 
right? And I'm searching for truth. And so somebody who is an atheist and somebody who is deeply religious should be able to have a respectful conversation. And I've seen a lot of different shifts in culture that have happened recently because of Jordan Peterson, but I actually think that the most profound that I've seen, or one of the most profound, is that I have actually been contacted by many, many, many atheists who have said, I have always hated Christians, like literally hated them. But since reading Jordan Peterson and watching his videos, I no longer hate you. <laughs> and, and we can have a reasonable conversation. And I think he softens people's hearts a little bit to people who they would naturally think that they oppose. Yeah, I mean, there was a big culture shift recently. I mean, uh, Jordan Peterson came up at a very weird time when we had like Antifa showing up. Uh, I'm from Oregon, so that's a real problem where I'm from. And, uh, you know, somebody like Shermer and I, we, we disagree on a lot of stuff, but actually, we agree on a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff we're going to agree on. Probably 95, 97% of most stuff in the world will agree on. And now we have a common enemy. <laughs> The radical, really, really radical leftists, like the really kind of like identity politics people. And so we can share a stage like this and we can agree about, you know, a lot of this stuff is wrong. He might think this stuff is wrong, I might think that stuff is wrong, we disagree on that. There's a lot of stuff we do, do agree on, and I think Jordan Peterson's helped facilitate that, uh, that, that communication between people like us who disagree on some fundamental things but agree on almost everything else. I met the filmmaker, Patricia Marcosia, and... I also met Michael Shermer, who came and spoke as well, which was interesting. It was good to meet him. He, he was an amiable guy, at least to me, at least for the brief time that we spent together. All right, so let me explain this film a little bit, because I am not going to be 100% positive about it. Um, all right, now, as I said, I, I met the filmmaker, Patricia Marcosia, and uh, we didn't spend a ton of time together, but she was absolutely lovely, and... I do actually like her, and I, I think she was well-intentioned, and I, I like the film, and I appreciate the film, but I am not going to be nice about this film. In fact, I'm going to be absolutely brutal about it. Strap in, kids. <laughs> and Patricia, I'm sure you will watch this, and if you want a chance to respond, you are always welcome on the channel, of course. As I said, I did like the film, and I, I mean, you have to watch it. If you're a Jordan Peterson fan, you don't really have an option. It's available on iTunes right now, and I will uh, link to it in the description. So after watching this, please do watch the film yourself. Now, for those of us familiar with Jordan Peterson, the film is great. You get unprecedented access into his private life, and it's interesting. I mean, I, I feel like I visited Peterson at his house. I feel like I've met his kids and his wife now. I mean, it's, it's great. It's interesting to see the people around Peterson, especially his wife, who he appears to be sincerely devoted to, which is delightful to see. But to the uninitiated, like my girlfriend, the film is kind of pointless. She did like the film. As I said, it was well made, and Peterson is such a charismatic and compelling personality that the film is thoroughly enjoyable. But when I asked Valeria to summarize the film for me a few days after watching it, she said the following. It's a film about a teacher, a psychologist, who is anti-trans, and his daughter put him on a diet that fixed his depression and helped him to get up earlier in the mornings. You know, after hearing her give me that summary of the film, I now know what leftists feel like when their heads explode. That is what she got out of the film? I was... I'm still infuriated by this. And that's the real problem with the film. When I asked her if she remembered the guys who told Peterson that they'd 
that he had changed their lives? She said, oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, I remember that now. I had forgotten about it, but I remember it now. How does that not stick in your mind? Well, I'll tell you how, because it was never explained. Why were these men's lives changed? Honestly, you can learn more about Jordan Peterson watching a typical 10-minute Peterson YouTube video than you do watching this movie. So what's this film really about? This film is a close-up and personal inside look at the life of Jordan Peterson from just before his meteoric rise, and it mostly focuses on the battle over the C-16 speech bill in which the Canadian government was proposing to punish anyone who did not call trans people by their desired gender pronoun. And that bill, by the way, did pass, and it is now law in Canada, which is kind of despicable. The filmmaker basically followed Peterson and his family around and captured their reactions to everything that was happening to them at the time. I mean, it's pretty incredible. In the film, you can see Peterson reacting in real time to some of the stuff that happened when he first came to prominence. So how did this filmmaker get such exceptional access to Jordan Peterson and his family? Well, <laughs> she just so happened to be doing a documentary on Peterson at the very moment he blew up. <laughs> I mean, how freaking lucky is she? She hit like the documentary jackpot. The camera work is all good. I mean, it was filmed mostly on a Canon C300 and the footage looks great. Now, what can I say beyond this about the film? Not much. And that's the problem that I have with this film. It's not that it isn't a good film. It's a good film but it could have been a great film. It could have been a historic film. And again, this insight into Peterson's personal life is great. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it's not what the film should have been. It's not a film about a great man who's almost single-handedly shifted the culture of Western civilization. And you might think that that's an overstatement, but I don't think it is. If I were to point out an entire country of starving people and show you how one man fed them all and brought them back to health, it's unlikely that you would disagree with such a strong veneration of that man, even, even if it was a small country. But here's the thing, that is just what Jordan Peterson has done. The starvation was not for physical nourishment, however, it was for purpose. And the people Jordan Peterson has helped are not all residents of a particular geographic region. They're in Canada, America, the UK, Australia, and literally every English-speaking country, and beyond. Throughout the world, Jordan Peterson has given people purpose. I've met people whose lives have been profoundly changed, and it is incredibly powerful to see. And the film does show this a little. There's one guy who is shown in tears after meeting Peterson. The guy's a typical looking counterculture type guy. I don't know what he got into in his life, but he says it was a hard life. And you know, it's a beautiful thing to see a guy who felt lost and then found direction. I've spent so much time in the dark. It's not easy to find well, not so much heroes, but people that can be so helpful. I mean, I was really touched by that moment. And there are some high school kids who were interviewed in the film, and I was really impressed with them. I mean, they're, they're Peterson fans, and they're in high school. I mean, such a young age being a Peterson fan, that's really cool. But their admiration of Peterson was not particularly compelling. He's had a huge effect. And there's a guy at the end of the film who happens to cross paths with Peterson on the street and he just tells him that, you know, you changed my life. And it's cool. I mean, it is definitely cool. So why am I so unhappy about the movie? So these filmmakers are strong leftists, self-avowed. I don't think I'm mischaracterizing them. I'm certainly not trying to. I consider myself left of center and I did that and I still do. But the film forced me to question a lot of my own views and things. 
it forced me to question things I wasn't questioning. Like I, I took for granted that social justice is just everything about it is good. This film was made from the perspective of two strong leftists. And that is a huge problem. And I should say, again, I I did like these people. Patricia, in particular, was lovely. But let me explain why their political perspective is such a problem. You can come away from this film thinking it's a fair representation. But it absolutely is not. All right, imagine you shot a documentary about Albert Einstein and just left out all the science stuff. That would be kind of crazy. I mean, the science stuff would be mentioned briefly, but you focus your documentary on Einstein's interactions with his family and regularly cut to Einstein detractors explaining why Einstein is a fraud and why his physics are all wrong. And then back to family time with Einstein. And you know what? Maybe that's a bad example because with Einstein, I can kind of understand. Einstein is so famous and so lauded by everybody that maybe we can assume that everybody already knows about relativity and E equals MC squared and about quantum physics and stuff like that. But not everybody knows why Jordan Peterson is a revolutionary figure. The fact that the filmmakers never actually go into Peterson's ideas at all is, to me, a sinister distortion. It's not the typical Peterson distortion by which his words are mischaracterized, but rather a distortion by omission. Now, of course, I cannot expect, nor would I recommend, that the filmmakers explore all of Peterson's ideas in depth. I mean, that's what books and lectures and interviews and debates are for. However, there are are some truly profound ideas that Peterson has put forth that have really driven the Petersonian shift in our culture. And these would have been very easy to include in the film. The idea that taking on personal responsibility is more satisfying than simply chasing happiness. His defense of social hierarchies as natural, often good, and absolutely necessary. His revelation about the pervasive infection of postmodernist thought within academia. All this nonsense about constructs and power dynamics. And most importantly, his rebuke of identity politics. The last of these would have been the easiest to broach. But aside from the trans battle, these filmmakers seemed intent on washing out of the film any scent of politics. I mean, Peterson came to prominence partly by destroying leftist reporters who were intentionally mischaracterizing everything he says and trying to tie him to the alt-right and cast him as some kind of angry misogynist. The film barely mentions any of this. The film is not a fair representation of Peterson. It's not a balanced representation. It's a washed-out representation. As I said, The film primarily focuses on Peterson's stance against the C-16 bill, and while it presents Peterson's perspective accurately, it doesn't do so strongly. And it gives a lot of time to trans activists who oppose Peterson, which is, I mean, ordinarily how you would do a documentary about a polarizing political subject. But this was not an ordinary political subject. Peterson is fighting against the infringement on his speech, and the trans activists are condemning him for being anti-trans. This makes no sense to give equal time to the activists who aren't even responding to Peterson's actual concerns. I mean, unless you're setting out to make them look stupid, but that was definitely not the aim of the filmmakers. And you might say, well, what's the harm in giving equal time to his political opponents? It just makes them look stupid anyway. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. My girlfriend came away thinking that Jordan Peterson was anti-trans. I mean, that's really the whole frustration with his position is that this is how he's getting cast. And and this film, I I don't think intentionally, but this film did perpetuate that false claim. 
And and this comes back to the fact that these that these filmmakers are strong leftists. In fact, Patricia, the uh, the writer director of the project that I was telling you about before, she told the audience at the screening that we were at that she actually watched the completed documentary with one of the trans activists. Right? She called one of these trans activists that was in the film. And she said, can I watch the finished documentary with you? So they sat and they watched the movie. <laughs> and apparently the trans activist told Patricia that up until the point of watching the documentary, she had never actually listened to Jordan Peterson speak. We watched that version of the film together with Lane um, in our living room. It went really well. Um, we had amazing conversation afterwards. And Lane made comments like, do you think Jordan would ever have a beer with me? Um, and this was the first time that um, Lane, and there was another uh, young activist who was there, who's in the film very briefly as well. They both said that this was one of the first times that they felt like they were hearing a lot of the things Jordan says out of his mouth. She never actually listened to him speak. And, you know, Patricia seemed totally sympathetic to the trans activists. And you know what? I only understand that in a kind of academic way. I, I know that there are leftists. I know that they are sympathetic to groups which claim victim status, but it is so obvious to me that trans people tend to be the perpetuators of bullying much more often than they are the target of it. So you're anti-justice. Are you a Batman villain? I watched the Professor Against Political Correctness video and I was just so disappointed, I guess. The professor is somebody people love or love to hate. Mischaracterizing him. I wrote calling out Peterson for being transphobic. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. Ma'am. Once again, ma'am. I said both of you. Motherfucker, take it outside. If you want to call me sir again, I will show you a fucking sir. I apologize. Motherfucker. I apologize now. Is the Bay Area's news station. A transgendered student has been assaulted, and police are investigating the attack as a sexual assault and a hate crime. It happened this morning at a Hercules school. Now, at eight, a transgender teen who told police that he was beaten and sexually assaulted at an East Bay school now admits he made up the story. In fact, I can't remember ever hearing about an instance of somebody bullying a trans person, ever. And you know if that ever happens, CNN is all over that. But the leftist mind is not rational. It doesn't react to realities. It responds with fiery emotion to sad stories. Sympathies are gained not from actual abuse, but from the feelings of marginalization and imagined crapola, as my mother would say. But to be honest, I think a lot of the victim stuff is actively pursued by these people. In previous generations, being physically or intellectually superior was an advantage. Today, being a victim is an advantage. These people have figured out this phenomenon and they're exploiting it. But I digress. I don't want to turn this into an anti-leftist diatribe. Okay, too late, I know, but whatever, moving on. In the documentary, the filmmakers did show a few fans, okay but they showed an equal number of critics. Even Jordan Peterson's friends, quote unquote, at the university were shown criticizing him, ruthlessly criticizing him. There's the Jordan Peterson I know, there's the Jordan Peterson I see on Twitter, and then there's the cult of Jordan Peterson. If you're gonna have these millions of people who are listening to everything you say, I think that you have to take some responsibility to help them understand what you mean. I mean, these criticisms were nothing of substance, of course, just people who were not as keen as he was about taking a firm stance on freedom of speech. I mean, perhaps they're unprincipled, perhaps they're 
selfish, perhaps they're timid. I mean, I don't know what their problem is, but one of his close friends, Bernard Schiff, he has a trans daughter, so you can kind of see maybe where his motivation is. I wrote this because there are people out there who should know what's going on. Why is it that everybody named Schiff is a total piece of human garbage? It's weird. Anyway, Schiff wrote an article about Jordan Peterson being the next Adolf Hitler. And I'm not exaggerating, that's precisely what he warns about in the article. It was published in the Toronto Star, and I did a video about it. You can find it on my channel under the title, Jordan Peterson is Hitler. The filmmaker, Patricia, was trying to present her film as unbiased, a balanced representation of Jordan Peterson and the Peterson phenomenon. And I get that. And I think that if she'd created a film that accurately represented reality, it probably would be considered a biased picture, dismissed as a fan film or Peterson propaganda. So did Patricia make the right choice? I still don't think so. Because in her attempt to produce a film that appears to be unbiased, she created a completely distorted picture of Peterson that teaches the viewer very little about the man and his ideas. The film may succeed in appearing to be a balanced representation, but it is, in truth, not at all a balanced representation. A balanced representation is not including an even balance of criticism and praise or giving equal time to humanizing a subject and demonizing him. A balanced representation is presenting a level of criticism equal to that which exists in the world and a level of praise equal to that which exists in the world. The film actually does a pretty good job of humanizing Peterson, but honestly, I can't give the filmmakers credit for that. Just listening to Peterson talk or interact with his family or strangers for 20 seconds humanizes him. And there's this strain of cynicism that runs through the whole film. The stained glass window art piece that was used as the film's poster, it's being used sarcastically. It represents Peterson as if he's a saint or Christ or something like that. But the image is not being used to idealize Peterson, but rather to ridicule Peterson followers as some kind of religious cult who have deified Peterson. There's the Jordan Peterson I know, there's the Jordan Peterson I see on Twitter, and then there's the cult of Jordan Peterson. And some definitely do idolize Peterson, but but Peterson is not a cult leader. He isn't preaching some invented religion. And the advice he gives is backed up by clinical research. And the people whose lives have been turned around by Peterson, their lives have truly been turned around. And they don't need Peterson. I mean, the advice that Peterson gives is advice that You don't need a charismatic leader in order to continue to follow. And the whole film is is full of this kind of thing. There are specific choices of clips that were included in in the film. There's constant cuts to Peterson's Soviet paintings and and careful editing, which is done in a way sort of present Peterson as a kind of anti-hero. And then there's the score. There is this unsettling music throughout the film that gives the entire picture a sense of foreboding. Peterson is presented as powerful, but not in a good way. The music assaults the audience with a sense of dread, as if this man and his Soviet paintings are somehow dangerous. Peterson does eventually explain his paintings in the film. He thought it was important for him to live with the propaganda to help him understand the underlying psychology 
in the Soviet Union. And I mean, after all, understanding underlying psychology is his profession. And not only do I accept that as totally legitimate, I actually relate to it. I've written several stories in which I have to explore the psychology of some very dark characters. You do have to live in that world to really understand it. But the film doesn't do a good job of downplaying the paintings. Instead, they leverage the provocative nature of the imagery in order to hint to the audience, is this man evil? So this is what I actually look like, and then this is what people who don't like me think I look like. Which one is real? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I would say they're both real. All right, look, I'm being really hard on this film. And as I said, I did like it. And I do think you should see it. And I'm not angry because this film was not 90 minutes of pure adoration. I don't think that would have been good either. And I'm very happy that the film wasn't a total hit job. I mean, that's a great relief. However, the film does not do justice to Jordan Peterson. It doesn't come close to capturing the impact Peterson has had on the world. It shows people saying Peterson changed their lives, but why? How? That's a huge deal. It doesn't even touch on the reasons why these people adore Peterson, how he changed their lives. How is that not the more compelling film? I think I'm angry about this film because my girlfriend came away with zero understanding of the impact that Peterson has had on the world. I'm angry about this film because it won't turn anyone toward Peterson's side. I'm angry about this film because it does not broach anything of substance. It depicts the events around the C-16 battles in an annoyingly neutral way. I hate that Patricia and her team decided to present the film this way. I do understand why they chose to try to appear neutral. I get it. Critics would pan the film instantly. No leftist would ever go near the film. Okay, okay, I get it. You know, in a way, maybe it was the right move. But you know what? It was not the right move because they're suppressing the film anyway. And you know what? You had exclusive access to Peterson and his family and his home. At the moment, this one man shifted the culture of Western civilization. Why would you put out a, a weak tea movie about dinners with the family interspersed with criticisms of the guy? This film could have been so much more. I'm angry at the missed opportunity. <sighs> okay, now, I know I was a bit of a bastard here. And look, I want to reiterate, if you are a fan of Jordan Peterson, you have to watch this film. In fact, you may even disagree with me about the film's nature completely. You may love it unconditionally. Someone asked Patricia how she was getting leftists to come see the film. She responded, we're not. When I was standing there next to her in front of that audience, I thought, this is a crime. Everyone should see this film. But now, after having thought about it, I'm okay if leftists aren't coming to see the film because she didn't put any teeth in it. I mean, she didn't put any Peterson philosophy, psychology, politics, nothing. There's just nothing of substance. The most effective way to convert leftists to Peterson's ideas is the same way that they've been converting for the past several years. YouTube videos, interviews, debates, lectures, etc. I wish this film was another tool that could be used for this purpose, but it isn't. She made the film 
for everyone. She attempted to produce something that looked neutral, impartial. But Peterson isn't a neutral figure. He's a divisive figure. You're not going to turn heads with a softball film about Peterson's early morning yoga with his wife interspersed with mean-spirited criticisms. I, I do think that some of the more vicious Peterson haters might be softened by this film. I suppose that's a natural consequence of a humanizing documentary. But anyway, despite my own viciousness, again, I do recommend the film. Please click on the link in the description if you would like to spend an intimate 90 minutes with Jordan Peterson. (laughs) Uh, the, The film probably won't change the world, but you'll enjoy it. And you know what? At the end of the day, Jordan Peterson is changing the world. And He might be lying low at the moment, but I suspect he will come back and nudge the world again, hopefully soon. Well, that's it for me. Remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much. That isn't so. Good night. And, of course, our filmmakers are here. And so what I thought I'd start with is uh, give it to Chris to say a statement and then present a question for the filmmakers. We start there with the Q&A. And then Michael would have the same opportunity, and then we'll take questions from the audience. So, Chris, I'll give you this mic as well. Um, So, I was asked to speak uh, at this screening some time ago, and then Mary told me that the mighty Michael Shermer was coming. (laughs) And I thought, oh, God. I've seen many videos. You know, <laughs> I've seen many of his videos on YouTube, and always felt he was a little detestable. But, but, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, we have very opposite ideas about religion and faith. Uh, however, I sh- I shouldn't find him detestable. I don't think because at the end of the day, he's just searching for truth, right? And I'm searching for truth. And so somebody who is an atheist and somebody who is deeply religious should be able to have a respectful conversation. And I've seen a lot of different shifts in culture that have happened recently because of Jordan Peterson, but I actually think that the most profound that I've seen, or one of the most profound, is that I have actually been contacted by many, many, many atheists who have said, I have always hated Christians, like literally hated them. But since reading Jordan Peterson and watching his videos, I no longer hate you. <laughs> and, and we can have a reasonable conversation. And I think he softens people's hearts a little bit to people who they would naturally think that they oppose. Uh, actually, so my question for you guys is that I know documentarians like to be the fly on the wall. But you cannot help but have a perspective. So my question is, how do you think that your lives or thoughts or spirit or emotions have been changed by this whole phenomenon? It's a big question. Um, So I started working on this film in 2015. As you'll notice in the film, there's footage of Jordan in 2015. and, And we started filming a year and a half before he released the Professor Against Political Correctness video. So we went in with the intention of making a very different film. We were following Jordan's friendship with Indigenous Carver, Charles Joseph, and filming potlatch ceremonies. And just, it was completely different. Uh, so when Jordan released those videos, it was it was a surprise. I didn't know they were coming, and certainly all of the backlash was a big surprise, going to university campuses and filming rallies. 
Um, it's, it was uncomfortable. Um, I consider myself left of center, and I did then, and I still do, but the film forced me to question a lot of my own views and things. It forced me to question things I wasn't questioning. Like, I, I took for granted that social justice is just, everything about it is good. I, I took a lot of things there for granted, so um, delving into this topic forced me to, uh, to go into it deeper. Yeah, well, so the film is beautiful. Congratulations to you guys. Really well done. Yeah, first of all, perspective, I thought it was pretty fair, actually, treatment of Jordan Peterson phenomenon, I guess, as I would describe it. The fact that you put critics in there was good. Um, so just a few comments, I guess, on Jordan, uh, who I've had some interactions with, and I've gotten to know a little bit, and, and I've had nothing but positive experiences with him personally, so I, I have nothing critical to say about that. He's a good guy. And I think his intentions are, uh, you know, are well meant, and and he's obviously helping a lot of people. So, the question is, is uh, why is he so controversial? <laughs> well, in part, some of it is just sort of our um, our political polarization. Each side likes to paint the other one in some black and white, stark uh, manner, in which it, it's not a continuum. And and, and so, so just take something like the issues Jordan's concerned about. You know, are they real? Is there a problem on college campuses with political correctness? Yes, yes, yes there is. Um, are we close to living in Soviet Russia or Nazi Germany? No, we're not even remotely close to that. You know, most of it, yes, your, 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 your film got canceled in a couple places, right? How many? Two or three? Yeah. Three, three places. But here we are. You know, uh, you know and, and so it's true, someone like Ben Shapiro uh, has been protested a couple of times. Usually, though, he is treated with great love and standing ovations, and he has a hard time getting somebody to be critical to come to the front of the line. Most of the people that are there to see Benjamin, they love him. And most of the people I've seen at Jordan's events, they love him. So it's not like you know the lone voice in the wilderness that we're about to tip into this existential crisis. I don't, I don't think that's the case. Uh, you know, I'm a college professor at, at Chapman University, and most of the time there's nothing happening. It's just students doing their thing, going to class and studying and, and whatnot. You rarely see these kinds of events, but if you just watch Fox News, you'd think that's all that happens at college. So there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a kind of a, as they call it, a, a dog whistle. You know, like, 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 you know, the left has gone crazy, completely lost their minds, and we're in this crisis. Not really. <laughs> But there are issues we should push back on, and so I think the fact that Jordan was willing to stand up to you know some of the more extreme versions of this, um, you know, was good and important. And obviously, and and it's not just one phenomenon. There's a bunch of different things, like the young man that says, "You're the father I never had." Whoa! I think there's a lot of people like that, even people that have fathers, uh, and they've been never been told, you know, make your bed, do shave every morning, get up, work out. Eat meat, apparently. <laughs> One thing I've learned from Jordan, I've got to eat more meat. <laughs> Too many carbs. <laughs> Do you have a question for them, or should we toss it to them? Yeah, let's just toss it to them. Yeah. Okay, 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 so if you have a question, um, you can either stand where you are and we can repeat it, or you can come on up here. Does anyone have a Okay, right here. Well, you had said um, that 
he was out there protesting, but he's been told, you know, not wanted, people not wanting him to protest or, or speak, to speak. Now, where on the left are people telling people they can't speak anywhere? I don't can we, see can that. we, maybe that's a great conversation for the art arts. Do you have a question about the film or for the filmmakers? Well, okay, where, because I think that's a, that was, okay. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see if there's any about the film first, and then we'll... It was a great film. Though. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Right there, yeah. In the middle? Yep. Me? Yes. Okay. Hi. Um, it was terrific film. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for doing this. I have two questions. One, where has it been canceled? Has it been shown in Canada? So where are the three places it was canceled and why? And my second question is, um, and it's more personal, but I, I've been involved with Jordan Peterson, not involved. I've been uh, very, very um, a big fan of Jordan Peterson's for a long time and tried to hire him for an event that we did um, a year and a half ago. Want to hire him again in the spring, but I was really, really upset to hear about his, his wife's illness. And more, more profound than anything, I'd like to know A, where's the film been canceled, and B, how she is doing. Okay, so the question was. Um, She'd heard about the cancellations, and where were they, and has it been shown in Canada? And we'll, we'll start first with that. So we had our premiere in Toronto uh, on September 26th, I think it was. Um, the three cancellations we've had, two have been in Toronto, and one was in Brooklyn. And the bigger picture is, there were three cancellations, but also when we were trying to plan our theatrical tour, we hired a booking manager who we were working with for several months who's very experienced at this and who's very well connected in the field. And no is the expected answer to get in this industry, but the kinds of no's he was getting, he felt were different from what he typically gets and they were more ideologically based. Um, so we would get answers like, we think this film is fair and interesting, but we don't think it's ethical for us to be giving a platform to this sort of thing. So we would get some answers like that. Um, so uh, it's about the cancellations, but it's also about the bigger picture, and uh, that's part of the reason why we decided to use platforms like Gather, which is um, what we used to put on the screening today that Mary Joan uh, did such a great job organizing. Um, so, but then we've also had people stepping up, like in Brooklyn, we had two other venues contact us after they heard about the cancellation, and they're offering their venues to host screenings. So there, there has been this effect of support coming through as well. Uh, so about Tammy, yeah, so she, um, it, it was in the winter, uh, we got a text, and she sent me a message and said, um, this is my new number, call me. As soon as I got that, I knew it couldn't be good. So we called her up and put her on speaker, and uh, she said, yeah, I have cancer, um, and like only 20, 40 people have it. It's like a very rare kind of cancer. So it's crazy news, and uh, it was a pretty sad conversation. As soon as it ended, Patricia and I were like, what the, you know, what, what's gonna happen here? Months passed, and then uh, next thing we know, it's summertime, and we're showing the film to them uh, at a hospital like bedside, uh, Tammy lost so much weight, and um, it was very bittersweet, right? We spent so much time on this film, and guys, here it is, thing, you know, and we rolled out the MacBook, and without even any speakers, and we showed the film, and um, so that was the context in which they saw the film, but um, the latest is, is that 
she did a treatment in Philadelphia and found out the issue. It's some medical, something about lymph nodes. I, yeah, I don't know much about that. She's doing a lot better. It's totally out of her system. Uh, she's gaining weight again. She's doing very great. Um, so we're very thankful for that. So we're very happy about that. Uh, the gentleman in the white shirt. Hi, yes. Uh, wonderful, intimate, uh, and objective look. Uh, so I, I, you can really tell through the, the filmmaking it, that, that was definitely goals of yours. Um, it wouldn't be uh, 15 minutes from Hollywood if we didn't have a Hollywood marketing question. Um, what was the... Uh, well, take us in the room on choosing to go ahead and uh, market somewhat on ThinkSpot, uh, even though you know he was sort of the the subject of your of your documentary. Um, I, I I'll give you a little bit of an out. I understand that um, it probably wouldn't have reached as as a broad of an audience if if you didn't sort of like congruently go with that but I, I, I imagine it was a question and so uh, what was the uh, what was the conversation I'm interested in. so the so just would it be fair to say the question is how do they end up deciding to align with think spot oh, okay. yeah yeah to get the movie out okay Uh, yeah, so with ThinkSpot, uh, the film was complete, and what you saw, the product was already done, and then we started thinking about, okay, dissemination. ThinkSpot offered to do our ticketing for free, um, and uh, so we took that. Uh, Eventbrite and all that stuff has a fee, so I'm the producer, so I thought, okay, bottom line, I'll, we'll go with that. And at the same time, um, we have a page on ThinkSpot, so we're creators on that, so we're going to be releasing uh, kind of the stuff that didn't make it into the cut um, on ThinkSpot throughout the months. Um, this one guy in Vancouver came up to me and uh, asked, uh, oh, you're on ThinkSpot, isn't that Jordan Peterson's social media site? Right. It's like, yeah, but man, like, nobody, nobody besides Patricia has final say on what's in the film and what's in, not in the film. Clearly you can see that this is not any sort of propaganda of any kind of, any wing. Uh, so uh, w uh, basically my job is to make sure that her art is seen by a lot of people using the right mechanisms and that's the right mechanism because that's where the fans are at. So that's why I chose that. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Agreed. <laughs> okay, the, right behind him, yeah. sorry. Uh, a great film. Uh, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, um, you, you're interview interviewing all these sort of disparate groups that uh, have kind of been like not treated well by the media, like Jordan Peterson, uh, the trans activists. It's like they've been sort of caricature characterized. Can you speak to how you? I mean, you, you had like a personal relationship with Jordan Peterson, but like his detractors and stuff like that. Can you speak to how you got them to open up and can you also speak to uh, how sort of like balanced you sort of made it? Like if you didn't make anyone look ridiculous, can you speak to that? Okay, uh, just kind of repeat it real quick for the recording is um, he said he, that the film uh, spoke to a lot of people who tend to be mischaracterized by the media or put into a caricature the trans people, Jordan Peterson and his detractors, and he wanted to uh, have them speak about how 
he established the relationship with these various people and got them to open up and present it in a balanced way without making anyone. Um... Well, when I was watching from afar, I, I didn't like seeing the caricatures that were created of all of these people. So um, I knew I definitely didn't want to do that in my film. And when I was witnessing this happening in real life, I knew that you know, there was a reality outside of these like tabloidy videos that get all these hits on YouTube, and so it was important for me to reflect that back in the documentary. Um, it was hard to get, especially critics of Jordan um, on the film, especially in the first year. Things were so so tense uh, in Toronto. Like mentioning the name Jordan Peterson was just, you know, it, it really just put a lot of skepticism uh, in people's minds, and it was difficult to earn trust. Um, Maz and I developed a, a good relationship with Lane. It took a, a long time. Um, I initially interviewed Lane and then Lane decided they didn't want to be in the film, but I asked to just keep in touch with them because I was curious to know how it was affecting their life because they were kind of in the scene and um, you know active in the area. So after about a year's time, they changed their mind and decided they did want to participate in the film. Um, and I just did my best to be honest with people and let them know I was trying to understand and make sense of all that was happening, uh, but it took time and patience and uh, a lot of conversation. The trans person in the film, has yeah. she seen this and given you feedback? Um, so Lane, the young non-binary activist in the film, we've watched, so we have a television cut of the film that broadcast in Canada a year ago, 44 minute, and we watched that version of the film together with Lane, um, in our living room, um, oh. and uh, and it just, I mean, so the screenings that we had, both with Lane and the one we had with Jordan, it's tense because the film is done, right? So it's known that whatever they're gonna see, that this, this is already cut, so it's very stressful for both of us in the room, but um, it went really well. Um, we had amazing conversation afterwards, and Lane made comments like, do you think Jordan would ever have a beer with me? Um, and this was the first time that Lane, well, not beer, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> bourbon maybe. Um, yeah, bourbon. This was the first time that um, Lane, and there was another uh, young activist who was there, who's in the film very briefly as well. They both said that this was one of the first times that they felt like they were hearing a lot of the things Jordan says out of his mouth. Of course, there's still a lot that they disagree with him about, but they felt more open. Um, and they also said that they felt like they were accurately portrayed because they haven't had the greatest experiences with media in the past as well. So that was, I mean, for me, that's the most important thing that the people that I'm, that are trusting me to film them feel that what comes out on screen is accurate. Okay, in the, all the way in the back, yeah. What's happening with Dr. Peterson's lawsuit? About you know um, compelled speech with uh, the Laurier University. Yeah. Does anyone have an update? Yeah, we don't have any. No. Sorry. Okay. Uh, you said you started out making a different film, and then it sort of everything shifted. Uh, how did you feel about that, and, and did you realize you were sort of on top of this lightning bolt? It's a great question. I've, I've very much similar. So he said, as she mentioned, they started out making a different film, and it turned. How do they feel about it? And 
what was it like riding this lightning bolt? It was a confusing time, what can I say? Um, uh, and as I mentioned, it was uncomfortable for a lot of the time because I guess there was a lot of, if I, had, if I wasn't in the position I was when this happened, I wouldn't have been chasing the story that was about trans pronouns, human rights versus free speech and political correctness. That wouldn't have been um, like, you know, my number one story that I wanted to go after. But a lot of filmmakers were interested in um, approaching Jordan about uh, a film at that time. Um, but it was never an option for me to walk away from it. I mean, I was there and I was committed to it. And so I, I just kind of kept moving forward, trying to make sense of it and rolling with the, you know, every week there was a new controversy. Um, the first year of making the film I thought it was going to be a very different focus from then what it became the second year and the third year. So it was a lot of just kind of going with where the film led us, I would say. I mean, it was, it's interesting and you, like it was an archetypal journey in its own right, you know, and it, that's, to me, that's what moved me about the fact that they were there innocently and able to capture this and help us make sense of the phenomenon and our own journey with it. So, kudos. Maz has, yes. You inspired me. Oh yeah, so what I would say, kind of this whole experience since 2015, you know, we were kind of reluctantly uh, involved in this kind of crazy culture war that I didn't really know existed. And uh, when Trump won, you know, it was a big surprise to me. Like, I just didn't get it, and but I get it now, you know, and um, if you want to be a, a citizen, if you want to be an artist, if you want to be a creator, if you want to be a thinker, you have to be able to cross the border and go to the other side. And I mean that ideologically, I mean that uh, metaphysically, I mean that in a lot of ways. So anybody who's not doing that, um, they can only take the conversation up to a certain point, and then the rest of it just right over their head. So I would say that I've grown a lot since this whole thing, because I've, I've, I've gotten to know the, the rationale for um, my friends, my new friends now on the right, my religious friends on the right, my rural friends. I, I'm an urban, liberal, like, immigrant family, you know, came as a refugee to Canada, you know, from the Mideast. And um, so I've learned a lot about their perspective and what's important for them. So I've learned a lot about how to talk to them. Um, and I've shaken away some of the things that I've taken for granted in terms of kind of like mainstream, left-leaning, social justice kind of politics. And I've, the stuff that's remained is the stuff that I actually think. So it's not about appeasing the, the other side, it's not about appeasing something that seems to be really hip right now, which would be kind of like, you know, the anti-SJW type. It's about, it's about walking that line um, as, 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 like it's kind of like the hero's quest. You, you go into the foreigner's land and you learn from them and you bring the treasure back to your own home. Uh, so that's what I think an artist should be doing, and it's a shame we've had these cancellations because that's what we're trying to do with this work. We're trying to imagine the type of people that hate Jordan, that think he's a misogynist, white supremacist, and add any kind of buzzwords to him, right? Imagine if they saw a film like this and saw him with his family, 
that's was what was kind of the dream. And if we get on Netflix, so please help us to get on that. This is LA, so you know people got contacts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so help us. So if we're on that, then maybe they'll sit back and just watch it as it comes to them. Um, but that that's the goal. That's why we made the film the way we did it is to kind of reach out a broader audience to kind of break down this polarization because a lot of it's honestly it's a lot of it's made up. A lot of the people that you watch on YouTube, the right wingers, the left wingers they're not as partisan as they seem in real life. You know, they play that partisan game because it pays, man. A lot of money in the culture war. If you play that wing cuck shit, you can make a lot of money. But most people are more or less in the center, and a lot of those people aren't talking. They're going to work, they're in traffic, they're doing their thing. But um, the being able to trap between tribes is, is the best type of uh, person, I think. All right, thank you. Back up in the, yeah. How are you convincing people on the left to see this? How is he? How are they convincing people on the left to see this? You didn't know you were. <laughs> how are we convincing them? Um, well, you can't make. Okay, Jordan once told me something. Um, I, I I was in grad school when I first met him, and I was uh, I was doing a present. There was something I can't remember what it was, and he said, "You can't." You can't, you can't get people to listen to you if they don't want to. They're, they're gonna walk away from the room. You can't feed pearls to swine, Patricia's telling me. Um, what? Yeah, it's, yeah. Do you guys self-identify left, center, or right, no. or nowhere? Oh, I thought? Yeah. Left of center? Left of center. Okay. So, unfortunately, uh, we have to start wrapping it up here. I wanna give both Chris and Michael the opportunity to take the floor uh, one more time because I appreciate them both bringing to get bringing us together and bringing perspectives to the conversation. Um, as I mentioned, there's uh, we're planning another screening in LA and we're envisioning a time when there can really be dialogue. And if you know any people from the left, invite. No, I'm sure there's many people. Invite people that you maybe have had a difficult time communicating with about these issues. That could be interesting. Um, so stay tuned. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and there's, you have to hear the story behind the poster. We don't have time to cover it in the room, but it's, they're out there on the table and they're for sale because it's kind of, um, so please take advantage of that if that's something that uh, would uh Provide something for you, and let me give first Chris, and then Michael. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful film. I think it illustrates um, an intimacy uh, with Jordan Peterson that I don't think you get. Yeah, like I knew everything that happened almost. You know, pretty much everything I knew what happened, except for the personal stuff. I think that was really beautifully captured. Cinematography is great, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a big culture shift recently. I mean, uh, Jordan Peterson came up at a very weird time when we had like Antifa showing up. Uh, I'm from Oregon, so that's a real problem where I'm from. <laughs> and, uh, you know, somebody like Shermer and I, we, we disagree on a lot of stuff, but actually, we agree on a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff we're going to agree on. Probably 95, 97% of most stuff in the world will agree on. And now we have a common enemy. <laughs> the radical, really, really radical leftists, like the really kind of like identity politics people. And so we can share a stage like this and we can agree about, you know, a lot of this stuff is wrong. 
he might think this stuff is wrong, I might think that stuff is wrong, we disagree on that. There's a lot of stuff we do, do agree on, and I think Jordan Peterson's helped facilitate that, uh, that, that communication between people like us who disagree on some fundamental things but agree on almost everything else. And do you think Jordan believes in God and the Christian God? That's such a good question. Because <laughs> when you ask me, do you believe in God, my answer is no. If you ask Jordan, he says, well, that would take me about 40 hours. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? <laughs> we can well, agree on not liking that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I'll just say a few words about free speech. Um, much of what, what the film is about in Jordan's phenomenon is, is about that. Uh, it's important for an American audience to understand the Canadian laws about hate speech are very different than here. Well, we don't really have hate speech laws here like that. So, for example, Holocaust denial is illegal in Canada, as it is in Germany and France and New Zealand and Australia and so forth. Um, and the, the argument is that it, it's provocative and it could lead to violence. You know, this is the kind of chain of reasoning, therefore we should censor we don't have anything like that here, so, for example, Holocaust denial is an American phenomenon. Why? Because it's legal here to doubt. You can doubt that, and you can doubt that we went, went to the moon, you can doubt that Elvis died, or whatever. <laughs> um, but that's a, in terms of the government. I think the, the harder issue is private free speech. Um, you know, should you invite Jordan, or Milo Yiannopoulos, or Ben Shapiro, or whoever, to your college campus, you don't have to. You don't have to give anybody a platform. You're free to do whatever you want as a private institution or even a public institution. You know, if you invite them, you shouldn't disinvite them. This is where the problem lies. And then, so who's in charge of this? Since I do a lot of public speaking, it's actually the students. The, the money is allocated through student activity boards, and they bring the speakers in. And so the administration doesn't have as much power, I think, as a lot of people think. Like, who's running the insane asylum over there? That's kind of what it feels like. Um, and again, like on the preferred pronoun thing, um, you know, I agree with Jordan. I don't think it should be top-down by fiat legislated. You'll be locked up if you don't do it. But on the other hand, we all adjust our language because the way we talk about other people affects how we think about them and how we treat them. And so you can identify, Dawkins makes this point in The God Delusion, for example, a changing moral zeitgeist. You can pinpoint a novel down to about the decade it was written over the last century and a half, based on how they talk about Jews and blacks and women. And, and a lot of these passages, they're just painful, just, just awful to read. And we shouldn't use those words. We, we really should change our language. Now, I don't want to force people by law, but that is a good thing. I think, because it does affect how you, you, you treat people. Anyway, that's my thoughts on that. Okay, again, I want to thank the filmmakers for bringing this to the table for us to enjoy and have a conversation and continue to have conversations. It is out on iTunes just to support the film. Um, and the, as, you, as you mentioned, they're looking and putting it on other platforms. Um, if you want to continue the conversation, we're going to go across the way. And I'll just close with one thought, because we're all in the room together. And to me, it was really a moving moment when he connected with the student and had to hear what she had to say. And it was about going out on the road so that people could connect with him and we could connect with one another like we're doing today. And so um, hopefully in Los Angeles, we can continue to have places to come together and connect and exchange ideas 
and um, you know sharpen our ability to think and act in the world in a way that uh, contributes to the meaning and the meaning of those around us. So thank you for showing up tonight, making the effort, and um, I hope we get to meet again.